can't decide how you feel about me I wish I knew what's been sitting on your mind And I haven't control, it scares me did just release your EP, uh -huh. and how'd the EP party go? The release party. It was so fun. Have you seen the movie Inside Out? Oh yeah. You know Core Memories? Mm -hmm. That was a core memory, for sure. Nice. Yeah, it was uh, such a great night. We had a decent turnout, which was really cool. It was pretty packed, which is awesome, and it was all just like friends and family and like close people, so that meant a lot, just like everyone that showed out, and um it was fun because I got to do like an acoustic set. It was just me and the piano doing all the songs. Very cool. And that was super fun because it kind of gave me the opportunity to like write some like piano solos for some of the songs that you don't hear on the recording. So it was fun to just uh, do that because we've been playing the songs as a band all summer. Mm -hmm. So it was fun to do something different and special for the EPs. And that was, that was your first EP that you released? Yes. That's a, that's a big achievement. Yeah. So why EP instead of full length? Um, I'm I, sure you have songs. You. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of songs. It's funny because like once you release, I feel like once I release a song, I have like five other ones. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I think I just I had the itch for a long time to release songs, and um, we my band in Austin at the time, they're the ones that I I was with that really helped me create these songs, and um, we had like a Google Doc of like twelve songs, and we picked like our five best because it was in the heat of COVID so we weren't like we weren't even meeting up to practice we weren't meeting up to like record and so what we decided was the best thing because I I wrote these songs and a lot of the instrumentation they helped create but um for the most part um like I can't take credit for all these songs like it takes a village you know mm -hmm. and um so I went we decided that I would just go in and record it with the producer, me and him, and he would um, help create the instrumentation, and so we just went off the demos. And so, at the time, five songs is what I could afford. So <laughs> it was a financial thing. I so it's that. an EP, and uh, I felt those were the best songs at the time, and I think all the other songs that I want to release, I think I can get in this mindset of, like, push it out, go, 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 but I think everything happens when it's supposed to. I think if I try too hard to push things out, the outcome isn't as great as I want it to be. So it's better to just kind of like let what's happening and what makes the most sense to come out of it as it flows, if that makes sense. It makes it more organic and natural. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So what's, what's your background then? This is your first EP, but you come out really strong, and I was listening to it you know, as I'm coming down to it. I was listening to some of your music, and I mean, I can't shake this like, Somewhere between Nora Jones, Alicia Keys on the piano kind of vibe, but um, and and I want to I want to ask you all about that. We'll talk about that in a second. But yeah. so, what, what's kind of your musical background? With that's a great question. Um, I grew up, man. I grew up always loving music. Like music's always been an escape for me. And uh, to the very first couple times I like sang was like and like 
church musicals or choirs and stuff like that. And then I was in choir in middle school and high school. And middle school, I started doing talent shows and stuff like that and played, you know, all the top 10 Adele covers <laughs> for all the talent shows and, uh, you know, started doing more, uh, competitive stuff in high school and kept doing choir. And then, um, my biggest influences, like I remember when I was seven, we were at like a, it was like a barbecue or something and Respect came on and that was my first time hearing it, Respect by Aretha Franklin. And I just remember feeling like, okay, I want to sound like that. Wow. Like that's the best voice I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I, I don't know what it is, but for some reason I've always really connected to soulful voices like Aretha Franklin, Etta James. Janis Joplin, like the greats, you know? So any voice like that is really just my favorite thing to listen to. And I think that's what's shaped my influences vocally and stylistically. Even though my music doesn't necessarily sound like theirs, they're like heavy influences. And um, in college, I came to Boise State and I kind of, I kind of put music on the back burner, honestly, for two years. Um, and I was only, I graduated Boise State in two years because I did uh, college credits in high school. So I kind of just, I don't know. I was a stupid 18 year old. I wanted to party and have fun and get the college experience. And I did that. And then once I graduated, I think I just kind of had this epiphany that a lot of the people I was surrounding myself with and a lot of the activities that I was partaking in didn't really fill my cup. And that's when I kind of started to, I think I got one out to like sing at a wedding or something. And like after that, I was like, why have I stopped doing this? Like this is what makes me happy. So I just started, I kind of created a band that summer and we played a few shows here. And that's just when I got the bug again. And I was like, okay, like screw my degree. Like I'm not going <laughs> to use that. Like singing is what I want to do. So then, um, I decided soon after that summer to move to Austin where I studied. I wouldn't say studied because it's not like I was in college, but honestly it felt like I was, felt like I was in college because I learned so much and I just was open to whatever opportunity came my way, either good or bad. And I learned a lot from that. Um, I think mistakes are important to make and I've, I've made a lot of them. <laughs> college of hard knocks. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, honestly just throwing yourself into, the fire and all the opportunities I, I learned so much about in Austin and I think it shaped me a lot as a person and as a musician and um, within the last year it's, it's been cool because like with COVID I had a lot of opportunities to sit down and write music and when I moved to Austin I'd only been there for four months before COVID so honestly like my first year there I didn't really have a lot of friends because I was only there for four months and then COVID happened so I wasn't meeting people and like I think that was probably one of the best things to happen to me because I literally just stayed in my room and wrote songs and sang most of the times. And like, that's just what I would do on the things. I would just write music all day. Um, and it really, it was cathartic and it kind of helped me start to shape my sound. I still feel like I'm finding my sound. Like I still feel like I haven't completely found it yet, but I, I feel like I'm getting closer.
Like I said, there, there's definitely like an Alicia Keys, Nora Jones kind of influence there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may be just kind of the influence, like the soulful influence you were talking about with your voice and the way that you deliver that and things. But then when you get to My Heart, there's like a funky breakdown with it. So it's this fusion of styles that that meshes really, really well. Thank you. So do you think that your sound would be more headed towards that, that fusion style? Or do you want to go more just stripped down piano vocals? What? How do you see it growing? Or is it just... Who knows? See what happens. That's a really good question. Um, I think it's going to be the latter. Who knows what happens? Because I don't really want to limit myself to anything yet. Because um, kind of like I said, like I feel like I haven't found my sound yet. And with that, I want to test out different sounds. And like, I think the, I think there's a lot of power to like sticking with the sound. And I think that's a really good way to like create a following if you because people want to know what to expect you know mm-hmm. it's hard if like i come out with a country song and then the next week it's a synth solo pop song you know so it's like definitely there's limits to it like i don't want to go too crazy but like i think i derive influences from so many d- different places and i love like the synth solo in my heart and like the funky groove and like the piano part is definitely reminiscent of like benny and the jets by um how can I think of his name? Elton John. Elton John, yeah, wow. <laughs> off the record, off the record. No, no, this is fine, because this is day five of Treeport, so it's perfectly <laughs> fine to forget names and things, so you're fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I don't even know how that song came up, and it's literally, like, the cool thing about the song is, like, it's basically just two chords the whole time. Like, it's an easy song, mm-hmm. um, but it's so groovy, and people love it, which is really cool. So, like, I could definitely see myself writing more tunes like that. I could see myself writing more ballads. I want to have both. Right on. Right on. Do you think with that that kind of just jumping back on the Nora Jones, Alicia Keys reference that I'd made, because yeah. that was big, like, 15, 10, 15 years ago, that sound. Yeah. Do you see there being a resurgence of that, especially, you know, uh, we lost Aretha Franklin. Uh-huh. People are starting to find her sound uh-huh. um, who may not have before. And we're starting to kind of get back to this soulful sound. I feel like we're going to have a resurgence of Whitney in like five, ten years. There's only one Whitney. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but so, so do you see that there would be um, a direction for that? There would be kind of I, I hate to say marketability because that's the business side of music, but um, where do you see it going? Where do you see your sound? So what's the next EP? I mean, Isolated in Austin, is it going to be, what's the name of it? Where's it going to go? Is it going to go more to a, a ballad? Or are you going to try and kick it up a notch and go like, that's a good push question. Vocally or? You know, I, um, so actually, vocally, I actually have notes right now, which is vocal nodules. It's this, um, essentially like a callus on your throat that it's kind of gross sorry but it develops from like misuse or overuse of your vocal cords so my tree four performance the band and i like kind of had this powwow and we decided that like the next two three months we're just gonna um take a break and i'm gonna focus on rehabbing my voice and getting it back to normal because usually it's like three to six months of because notes comes from just the compound effect of like making small i I guess, in a lack of better words, poor decisions when it comes to the way that I sing. And it's not poor, but it's just like not paying attention to those little details. And so the next couple of months, I personally really want to focus on like rewiring how I sing and like making those small adjustments so I don't have to take three month breaks, you know? Like, um, so I'm going to have to rehab my voice for a little bit. And with that time, I'm excited because it, it will also give me time to 
really just sit down and write again and like figure out what I want my next project to sound and look like. And um, I have a buddy here. He's uh, his name's Tyler, and he, he runs a studio called Den Studios. And I I really want to take some time to like. He's an excellent producer, and I want to go in and actually, instead of bringing him a song that's done with the band, I want to go in, bring him, like, the roots of a song, and then build it in the studio with him, and I think that's really going to help me find my sound, because I haven't done that yet, and um, it'll be cool to have the accessibility of a producer who can actually just, like, bring to life so many ideas that I have, but haven't been able to work with. Um, and to answer your question, going back to like, do you think there's going to be a resurgence of, you know, the soulful ballads, the Whitney Houston's, um, I think we're seeing it. I think with Olivia Rodrigo, she's doing like, she's, wow, she's killer. That's it. First of all, she's incredible and she's so young, so talented and like, she, on her EP, like, you know, Brutal's one of the really popular ones. Good for you, obviously, such a banger. And it's so cool because on that album, she has a lot of references of like punk rock from like the early 2000s. Like, I'm pretty sure, um, who was it? <sighs> on Good For You, it sounds a lot like Misery Business mm-hmm. by, um, Haley Williams is the lead singer, but what's the band called? Um, the album No Riot. Yeah. With, uh, Paramore. No. Paramore. Yes. Yeah, Paramore. Paramore. Yeah, Paramore. And I, I guess Paramore actually ended up getting songwriting credits on Good For You because the choruses are literally so similar. Um, Gotta be careful. With that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I also think it's good that that's happening too. Um, I mean, there, there's pros and cons to it for sure. But, um, you know, like Good For You sounds super like punk rock. And then she has this other song, um, I think it's called Happier, where it's just her and the piano. And, like, I love that she's meshing different genres in one album. And it's still Olivia Rodrigo. It's still her sound, but she's pulling from so many different influences. And so I think, like, that inspires me a lot because, like, I want to develop my McKenna Estep sound, but, like, Obviously, it's going to derive from so many different things, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think we are seeing, like, those ballads are popular because I think people love to see, like, their favorite artists kind of step out the box a little bit. And I think Post Malone does a great job of that. He, obviously, like, he was a rapper for a long time, but then he has this song, um, I think it's called, like, Whitney or something like that, where it's just him and the guitar. Then he came out with, like, a country-ish song recently, and people ate it up. I also think when once you get to that point in your career, you can do whatever the fuck you want, yeah. and people are going to eat it up. A lot of artistic freedom. Uh-huh. But it's been cool to see how much people loved, like, just Olivia on the piano, you know? And she just plays the piano on good for, no, not good for you, on a different one. But, yeah, I think we're seeing a little bit of that, and I think people love it. I mean, like, I think as long as you're staying true to yourself as an artist, people are going to see that and they're going to love it. If you're being phony, people are going to see that and they're not going to eat it up or they're going to eat up the wrong idea of you. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, you'll have an identity crisis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You. So with your vocal injury or anything like that, you don't want to jump into any sort of auto-tune to help you out or you want to stay completely, <laughs> no. completely I, true to yourself? I hate how auto-tune sounds on my voice. I hate <laughs> it. I've gotten so used to how it sounds. Um, 
No. I couldn't. I think um I think auto tune sounds great on some voices and I think auto tune is used for a lot of reasons for good. I think auto tune's cool. I mean like obviously in the studio if we're recording like there might be a few notes and I'm like, hey, pitch correct that, but that's it. Yeah. No shame in the pitch correct game. We all do it. Or if you don't, mad respect to you and you inspire the hell out of me. So, so fans of your sound then, because you've got the one EP, Mm -hmm. what would you tell your fans as far as what to expect next or, uh, you know, those who get kind of attached to that EP into your sound, what would you tell them as far as what's coming and you know, kind of what you expect. I mean, you you really kind of touched on it with, you know, you don't know exactly where it's going to go, but are you looking for fans that want to cling to that EP, or are you looking for fans that are going to be more along the lines of uh, buckle up and let's go on an adventure together? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I want fans that want to grow with me. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that I want. And I don't think my sound is going to change dramatically from the EP. I think it probably will change, but I, I'm not going to turn into like a a metal rock artist overnight, you know? <laughs> Death metal on the next one? Yeah, I think that... I think it's so cool to see artists that we've grown with as a society. Like, Miley Cyrus is a great example. You know, going from party in the USA <laughs> to the bangers phase to now she's in this like rock phase her cover of once i had a love by blondie her cover of jolene was insane exactly see people eat that shit up when like you strip down songs and just go for it that's her godmother but still yeah (laughs) yeah that that was incredible Incredible. like i wanted to hate that song so bad i wanted so (laughs) badly to be like no it's miley cyrus but i was like eating that up by the pound i mean i was just oh my god yeah she's incredible and i think it's really cool because like I mean, she's gotten a lot of heat from the press, from people, for just because she's changed so much throughout her career. But I admire the fuck out of that because that's so. She, you're in such a vulnerable place, and she's been able to like go through every phase of her life and just own it and be like, "Yeah, I've changed, but like, so have all of you. And if you haven't, like, maybe you should. I don't know. But you can't tell me that party in the USA isn't still a banger. Like, that's a great song, even though her sound has changed so much since then. We still love it for what it is and for the, what it served us at the time. Mm-hmm. It's nostalgic. Yeah. So I think, um, ideally, I just want to find people who, like, I guess, connect with me on that level and um, can appreciate the change. But one of the questions that I ask is, imagine for a minute that, you know, you had a, an old school you know, iTunes library, iPod, whatever it is. And we hit shuffle on it. What three songs do you think would come up? Oh, man. I feel like my taste changes so much. And I listen to everything. Everyone says that, though. <laughs> um, can we, like, make this specific? Like, what year would this be? Right now. When we shuffle this? Right now we shuffle Oh, so, like, the current tunes that yeah, I listen like to? Yeah, like, right now. If you're to oh, my to God. It. Top three songs Um, I've been obsessed with. Alone Again by Aki... Oh, gosh. I don't know his last name. Let me pull it up because I literally was just listening to it. But he's the pianist for Lake Street Dive. And I saw them on Wednesday night. And he performed it. And Aki Bermis. It's literally one of the best songs I've ever heard. And he performed it. And I've been listening to it on repeat every day since. So Alone Again for sure. And... um 
No, I wasn't on this. I'm cheating. <laughs> I can't do that. Um, I do love some some good like soul throwbacks. Like literally anything like Aretha Franklin. I think her rendition of "Sweet Lover" is probably one of my top songs of all time. And then "Lost in the Light" by the Bahamas. All very different songs. Love Bahamas. He's so good. He's incredible. He's incredible. Nuts. I had the opportunity to review his last album, and that oh. was. Like you just get lost in the album. You're like, oh, I gotta write something. Okay, and you, just, <laughs> you drift off with this album, and you're going, oh my god, he's he's incredible. He's incredible. He has such a cool sound. Nice. Well, I appreciate you chatting with me and letting me record it and everything. Absolutely. And we'll save your voice for everything else.